Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Complex Life Podcast. I'm your host, Evangela, and I'm a trauma recovery coach that seeks to empower you to live your life here and now. You don't have to be the victim of what your trauma has done to you. Let's work together to live a life that is fulfilling to you. Join me on this journey. Thank you for joining me for my first episode of the new year. This is season two, episode 12, titled How to Feel Again. And this is a a difficult topic for trauma survivors because a lot of people assume a lot about the ability to feel and to tap into emotions as easily as someone who has not been traumatized. I did do a blog post on that and I will link to that in the show notes. Um, But the, the lack of feeling for trauma survivors is a survival mechanism. We choose to separate our feelings from our experience because it's very literally about our survival. Imagine, you know, being a child or, you know, being someone who is in the midst of being traumatized in terrible ways and the mechanism of becoming numb to what you are experiencing at that time keeps you from becoming overwhelmed and possibly um, having a break. Um, The brain does what it needs to do in order to be able to survive in these types of situations. And very often after we have a traumatic experience, we are never taught to go back and retrieve those feelings. We're never in a safe space where we can allow those feelings to come up because when we are reminded, triggered, or activated back into those spaces, we tend to go back to that space. And so we're reliving it like it actually is happening in that moment. And I think that that is a very important piece for people who think that trauma survivors should just get over it or they need to do something in order to be better than what they've learned to be. Now, that does not negate the fact that as adults, we we need to decide how we want to show up in our own experience. Some people have been hurt and damaged so badly that they cannot recover. They won't recover. And I think that we need to reserve the judgments that we have about people's wanting to recover and their ability to be able to access those parts of themselves to be able to have the recovery that we think that they should have. Sometimes surviving is the best that people can do. And putting unfair expectations onto them as far as what we think their healing should look like is not helpful. If a person who's experienced something that is traumatic to them is able to live some semblance of a normal life for themselves, then I think we need to allow them to have that. Can we, you know, challenge people to know that they deserve more and better? Absolutely. We can tell them, look, you deserve more than this. And I'm willing to support you, you know, whenever you want to get there. But if somebody is not ready, they're just not ready. And if you listen to my show for long, I'm I'm a big fan of allowing people to be where they are. No, as those who 
as people who love those people who may be traumatized, or even with ourselves, we don't want people to stay in situations and, and states of being that are harmful to them. But sometimes our discomfort around a person's way of handling trauma and hard situations and grief and all of these things, it has more to do with our discomfort with the way that they're existing as opposed to how they need to be interacting in life. And let's just get real about that. We don't like to be uncomfortable. We don't like to think that we can't help positive mindset someone out of traumatic situations, out of the results of traumas. So to those trauma survivors who have trouble feeling again, who are numb and just don't know what to do to tap into those those feelings and maybe not even the the feelings that you had with the traumatic situation but maybe you find yourself you know around people that you really love and care about but you can't express that the way that you need to because you're afraid or you just don't have access to that the way you think that you should i just want to give um some pointers and tips and talk about how i accessed a lot of those emotions and the ability to express those emotions um, in a way that the people around me, as well as I, had emotional intelligence and I was able to feel again and understand what my emotions were. So let's jump right into it. Um, so building your emotional intelligence. I often ask, you know, I used to struggle. I didn't really know what I was feeling. I was feeling big things. So let's differentiate differentiate between being able to name those emotions and articulate how you feel and actually feeling. Because I felt a lot of things, but I couldn't really put a name to those things. And so, you know, I was doing a lot of just going about my day and not being able to express how I really feel to people. And this would a lot of times come out in me just not talking about things. Me, you know, when people would describe their emotions, you know, I could say, oh, I, I feel that. I felt that before. But it was a struggle for me. You know, a lot of times people ask me what I was feeling. You know, well, I don't know. So I challenge you to begin to do some research. Google. If you have an emotion and you think you know what it is or you can describe it, type those things into Google and see what emotions pull up. In my blog post, um... I believe I referenced an article by the Hoffman Institute that um, gives all of the emotions. Y'all, there are lots of emotions beyond our basic fear, anger, sadness, happiness. So many emotions. And the way that you begin to develop your emotional intelligence and give words to what you feel is by researching and figuring out what anger looks like for you, figuring out what apathy looks like for you, figuring out what joy, elation, just complacency, all of those different feelings, contentment, satisfaction, all of these different feelings. What have they been described as? How do people describe them? What's the feeling? And then you'll start to begin to notice that you can pick these things out because you actually know what they are. They're not just a, a ball of energy that's inside of you that you don't have any real and true connection to. 
it takes practice. It took me practice in trying to understand exactly what it is that I was feeling because I had convinced myself that I wasn't feeling anything. Well, I'm an unemotional person. I can sincerely convince myself of that, but that wasn't the case at all. It wasn't that I was unfeeling. It's that I was feeling too much. And so I began to ignore and numb the feelings that I was feeling because it was just too much. And you guys know I'm an Aquarius, so, you know, a lot of people, they see us as cold and uncaring and things of that nature. But for me... I had to develop this kind of stoic attitude and um, not letting things bother me because it was literally about my survival when I was younger. Not showing emotion, not showing that I'm affected, not showing that I was weak. And no, I no longer feel that I'm weak because I have very big emotions. I used to feel that way. I'm a very sensitive person. I'm an empath and I'm just, I'm very sensitive. And being sensitive was very frowned upon and still is in a lot of times in a lot of situations and so I had to remove the shame from being so sensitive that I would cry at the drop of a hat that movies and things that I would watch on TV would affect me so deeply that I couldn't get it out of my head for days sometimes weeks on end that when someone said something to me that hurt me, it cut me so deeply. I did a lot of shooting on myself and telling myself I shouldn't feel this way. And it took me, it took time. And I, I, still, I still have my times where I just don't want to feel the big feelings that I have. And I don't know if that'll ever go away, but I do my best to feel how I feel. The list of emotions that were presented by the Hoffman Institute, like I said, it's uh, there's a link up to it in my blog so that you can look and see, and I'll put that in the show notes. But it breaks down different categories of emotions and body sensations to help you start to tap into what it is that you're truly feeling. And you know what? As you begin to develop your own emotional intelligence and understanding who you are and how you feel and how other people make you feel and how situations put you into an emotional mindset or state of being, you can start to develop and know and understand what's best for you. Because I will tell you now, while a lot of people will tell you to not listen to your feelings, and yes, our feelings can get um, off center and we can we can struggle with knowing what is true for us, especially if we're codependent and we've been in narcissistic relationships and we have been taught to doubt how we feel or we choose to forego our true feelings about a situation in order to please someone, to go along, to get along, or to maintain our safety. We stop trusting how we really feel. So it takes time for us to tune in to our true voice and our true feeling about things because you can pick up on other people's emotions and feelings and you can take that on as your own and it's not even how you truly feel if you don't believe me look at a group of friends who are really you know 
they've been down for each other for a long time and you know they're they're ready to fight if somebody says something crazy to the friend pay attention to those friend groups where if one person gets upset at somebody everybody gets upset at that person and it's not within the sense of you know somebody's messing with the friend and you down the you down the thump and rumble you know to protect your friend but you have no reason to be mad at this person or upset at this person and you also have an inkling nagging feeling that your friend may be overreacting that your friend may really be the one that's causing all the problems but you go along with it anyway to appease the group and you convince yourself that you don't like this person but you don't even know this person and it just so happens that somewhere along the line you get to talk to this person you get to know this person and you see that they're not the person that everybody portrayed them to be you see that your friend probably had this person messed up or or they did something to contribute to the the conflict and things of that nature what you can take away from that is that you see that your emotions are easily influenced by those around you who you love care for and trust but those were never your true feelings that's the stuff that we got to sift through that's the stuff that we got to push to the side and discard to be able to access our own feelings and emotions about things you see it alive and well now even with the vaccine and covid and all of the stuff that we have going on now in america there's a lot of herd mentality there's a lot of group think people who can't think for themselves because deep down at their core they're afraid they're afraid of being alone they're afraid of making the wrong decisions they don't trust their own decision making and choices because they've been undermined or they may have made a mistake and they don't ever want to make another mistake again but i'm here to tell you my friends that making mistakes is a part of being human if you never make any mistakes you never grow it's impossible to grow without adversity and challenge yes it can suck it can suck so much but in order to tap into how you really feel and to make this change and to grow within the area of emotional intelligence for yourself first and then others you're going to have to feel these uncomfortable emotions these uncomfortable feelings and they won't always remain uncomfortable not to the point where they're overwhelming you may always remember how you felt in the moment that you were betrayed or the moment that you made a decision that just was not good and you hurt somebody you cared for or the moment you passed up an opportunity because you were too afraid to do anything it's not going to feel good when you first start working on it but the more you look at it the more you tell yourself the truth about who you were in that moment the moment you tell yourself the truth about how you really feel you start to put some distance in there you start to get some perception you start to understand who you were in that moment you start to understand the motion the emotions and the feelings and what fuel those things you begin to develop some self compassion you stop beating yourself up for doing the best that you could in that moment 
And then next time when that emotion comes out, oh, the sadness. Because I'm no longer in the same space in that relationship with that person as I was before. And I miss them. Or, you know, I have to set this boundary within myself. It's a hard boundary within myself. But I know I need to do so to love myself more and protect myself. Oh, that's that's anger. Because my feelings were hurt. Well, what hurt my feelings? Oh, that reminded me of when I was picked on when I was a kid. Or when somebody said something to me that was absolutely untrue and everybody else believed them but didn't believe me. Emotions have a lot to tell us if we will listen. And I won't sit here and pretend like it's an easy road because it's not. After all, we bury those things for a reason. Our brain, our mind is an incredibly resilient organ. Our minds will do what is necessary to protect us. And then it will allow things to come back up when we're capable of handling them. I've seen this happen with repressed memories that I've had when working with my therapist and doing EMDR or brain spotting. Or I'm just sitting there talking and processing because I'm a verbal processor. And as I'm talking, a memory comes up. And I don't know about anybody else's experience with recovering repressed memories, but when I do recover a memory, at first it does not feel like it belongs to me. It doesn't feel like it's my memory. And so, you know, of course I doubt it and I'm like, no, that didn't happen. You're making up stuff. But then it begins to crystallize and settle into my body. It's like it, it becomes grounded within me again. And I come to the realization that really did happen. And it's overwhelming in the moment. It's a struggle. Usually tears are very forthcoming, overflowing, but I'm in the safety of my therapist's office and she helps me walk through what I need to walk through. And I made it a practice that when I do recover repressed memories or, you know, something that I might have forgotten. Because, you know, in an effort to heal, sometimes we can forget things. And then it hits us again. And it's like we remember it all over again. And we're reliving those memories, those thoughts, those feelings. And it's difficult. But I will tell you from experience, my own personal experience, that as you gently and lovingly look at those memories and feel those feelings with the intent of allowing them to be where they are, to be what they are, and to not push them away and change them, because the reality of the matter is you can't change them. You can change your perception about them, but you can't change them. You can change your perspective, but the feelings themselves are there. And you've lessened their grip on you by feeling them, allowing them, 
and loving the person who experienced them. It's hard. I won't sit here and ever tell you that it's not. Especially if you've been betrayed, if you've been abused as a child, you know, traumatized as an adult. It's hard. But you're fully capable of experiencing it at all. Integrating it and moving forward. You're capable. So, the answer to the question, how do I feel again? First, you, you begin to notice. You try to notice what's your most predominant emotion. Is it anger? Okay. So you go and you research anger. What does it feel like? What brings on anger? What was the situation that you had going on at the time that brought up that anger? And then you check to see if it triggered something in you. Because anger is a protection mechanism. You to disguise fear. So you research fear. See how that feels. What could I possibly have been afraid of? And yes, you're researching yourself. And you're trying to find out what it is that you feel that triggers your anger. Then you have an emotion that comes up that you don't really know what it is. You have no name for it. But you know that you have this feeling, this lump in your stomach. And so you begin to Google those things. Understanding and gaining intelligence about what it is that you're feeling. Journal about it. Just let it all flow. It doesn't have to be any scripted type of way of being. Just let it all flow. Write it out. Set the journal to the side. Go back and read it later on. What does what is your journal? What is it saying now that you've stepped away from that emotion? Listen to yourself. You have the answers. So you know you journal and you begin to, you know, try to dissect and figure out what these emotions are. You keep going. Then you ask yourself, how do you feel about the emotion you're having? How do you feel about how you feel? Do you reject it? Do you embrace it? Do you sit and wallow in it? Does it always seem to be there? Does it only come up in certain situations? And can you allow it to be what it is without trying to push it away? All of these are things you can ask yourself to try to build your emotional intelligence. Practice makes better. Keep going. Keep going. I always tell you you're worth it and you're worthy to understand yourself better and know the things that trigger you, the things that make you happy, the things that make you sad, the things that light you up, and the things that dim you light. And then you can start setting boundaries for yourself and what you will and will not allow into your experience and then communicate those boundaries to those who want to be in your life. 
that's all that I have for this episode. I really hope it helps you to begin to develop emotional intelligence and understanding how you really feel. And then I hope it gives you the courage to take action on that which you know is best for you. Regardless of what anyone says or doesn't says, say, does or doesn't do. That you will love yourself enough to embrace all of your emotions, not just the good ones, not just the bad ones. But the entire spectrum. Because that's what makes you a balanced, whole, and healing individual. We do not strive to stay happy all the time. That's what creates escapism and addiction. Wanting to feel good all the time. But we strive for balance in our emotions. That way, when sadness shows up, when depression shows up, when anger shows up, we can hold those emotions just the same as we can hold happiness, joy, ecstasy, love. We can hold all of those emotions. We will be a well-rounded human that can handle their emotions and can stand in whatever comes their way knowing that they're going to be all right and that their emotions and feelings are valid. This is my ask for you. If you have enjoyed the show, any episode of the show, I would like to ask you for a rating. I would like to ask you to go to iTunes and give me an honest rating and just let me know what the show does for you. If you have topics you would like for me to talk about, questions you would like for me to answer, I'm more than willing. Just let me know. Until next time, I'll see you along the journey. Well, that's another episode in the books. If you like the show so far, please go to iTunes and rate it so that we can push the show to the top in ratings and let more people know about the healing work that I do. You can also find me on beyondtheguru.com and Instagram at beyondtheguru. That's at beyond underscore the underscore guru. Until next time, have a great day.